This is a Coastal Community Church podcast. For more information about Coastal Community Church, please visit www.coastalcommunity.tv. Good morning. How you guys doing? Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. So barely anybody is doing well this morning. I understand, man. You know, you didn't get much sleep last night. It's been a rough night. Anybody else have like that rough night? You woke up every hour on the hour hoping like my alarm's going to go off this morning. Anybody else have that? Okay, I was, there's like three of us here. So perfect. So I'm tracking with y'all. Hey, my name is TJ and I'm one of the pastors here. And uh, and man, I'm just so glad that you guys are with us this morning as we're in this series called God Is. And, uh, you know, I'm excited about this series. In fact, I'm going to kind of set the stage today. I want to tell you guys a joke, you know, because I'm, I'm so good of a, a joke teller. Um, and so basically there's, there's this uh, guy, he's getting on an airplane. He doesn't really like to fly very much, but he, he happened to get hooked up with some first class tickets. So he's, he's going into first class and he sits down and there's a little girl that's sitting next to him. And, you know, he's nervous about flying. So he's pretty fidgety and he's pretty talkative. And he, he turns to this little girl and he says, man, you know, I, I heard that if we talk, it makes the flight go by a lot faster. So what do you say we talk. And she's like, well, what do you want to talk about? He's like, well, what do you think about nuclear power? We could talk about that. You know, and she goes, well, that would be an interesting subject, but let me ask you a question first. And he's like, okay, what do you got? And she's like, well, tell me this, you know, um, there's, there's a, there's a, a, a cow, a horse and a deer and, and they all eat the same thing. They all eat grass, right? And he's like, yeah, yeah, they do. And she, and she goes, well, then tell me if they all eat the same thing, why is it that a deer poops little pellets and, and a cow poops poops these big, huge patties, and like a horse poops these clumps of just like chewed up grass. You know, what's the deal with that? And he thinks for a moment, he's like, man, I, I don't really, really have any idea why that is. And she goes, how in the world are you going to talk about nuclear power when you don't know anything about crap? <laughs> okay, I tried. I don't, you know. <laughs> That's why I'm not a comedian. So, uh. I had to give it a shot, though, just, just, just to kind of wake you guys up this morning. But <laughs> there is a point to that story. I promise there's going to be something, you know, anytime you can, this is like two weeks in a row I've talked about poop, so I don't know what the deal is. Uh, but, you know, a lot of times we go through life and we, we, we're wanting to know all this stuff and we're wanting to grab a hold of all this stuff, but we don't really know much at all. And that's kind of the idea behind this God is series is, is a lot of times we know that there is a God, but we don't know much about him. We don't know much about his attributes. We don't know much about his character. And so therefore we don't really know crap about God. And that's, I know that that's a weird way of looking at it, but so many times we know that there is a God and he did some stuff for us and he loves us, you know, at least that's what they tell us, but we don't really know very much more about him. But God wants so much more from our lives. And so over this, the next couple of weeks in this series, and as we started last week, man, we're just going to dive in and we're going to be looking at what God's word says and, and finding out some things about God. And, and so if you guys want to turn your Bible to first Kings chapter 18, we're going to continue looking at the story of Elijah. And if you have a Bible, you can turn there right now. That's in the old Testament. If you don't have a Bible, you can look on your notes. 
The scriptures will be up on the screen. Also in your notes in the top right hand corner is this squiggly little thing that's called a QR code. And if you have a smartphone, which uh, 99.9% of people do today, you can take out your QR code reader that you can download on your app store and, and scan that and all the notes will come up in your, on your iPhone or your Droid or whatever else you have, your uh, 1977 uh, smartphone that I don't know. I don't know. So you can do that and uh, we're going to be hanging out there. We're going to be looking at some different things. But um, in this, let me just kind of start some things off. You know, um, this is one thing I know about God is, is God wants all of our hearts, all of our lives, all of our worship. God wants us and our focus and all of our adoration to be towards Him. I mean, that is God's ultimate goal for all of us, that, that everything that we have, that all of our hearts would be going towards Him. God wants uh, for our lives, Him to be the number one thing. God wants to be in that first place in every single one of our lives. That's His objective. That's His goal. That's His desire. And, and, and in fact, I mean, from the very beginning, I mean, God has established these things. You know, what is the first of the Ten Commandments? He says, you shall have no other gods before me. Basically, what He's saying is He's saying, man, I want to be the first and foremost thing in your life. And then Jesus came along, and, and He said some pretty profound things, but they asked Him at one point, you know, what is the greatest greatest command that you can give us? What is the greatest thing that you can give us? And Jesus said, you know, the greatest command that there is, is love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, and with all your strength. In essence, he was saying, you know, the most important thing that you can do in your life is to put God first. And, um, you know, he's the, there is no other commandment that is greater than this. And, and so, if it gives me good reason to think that if, if that is God's objective, if that is his desire for us, if God wants us to know that, man, God is supreme and He wants to be first in our lives, then the number one thing that the, our enemy, the devil, would come and want to do is He would want to come and get our adoration and get our focus and get our, get our uh, centeredness of God off of that and start to worship and adore other things. I mean, that would be His primary objective for most of us. He'd want us to get off this idea of God being first in our lives and start putting something else first. He wants to get us into a place where that is not not the primary objective of our life, but maybe we're pursuing something else. And so, and when we do that, when we start to take God out of that number one place in our lives where, where He deserves to be and where He wants to be, where He wants us to live in, we start getting over to this other place where there's other things that are in the first place of our life. And what God calls that, what the Bible calls that is this whole sin of idolatry. It's where putting something in the place where only God should be in our lives. And so, a lot of times what happens is, and, and if you're taking notes today, um, this is a key thought that I want to give you for the day is this idea that, that false gods promise what only the true God provides. False gods promise what only the true God provides. And, and so many times that's the devil's objective is to get us uh, identifying with these false gods thinking that they're going to provide something that only God can provide. And if you were to think about that, probably the, the greatest false god that's out there would be this false god of money. You know, we'd all say, man, if there's a false god out there that, that promises a lot of things, it's money. You know, money, what does it promise? It promises us happiness. It promises us us security. I mean, wouldn't we all say that if we have money, we're probably going to be pretty happy and we're probably going to be pretty secure. Okay, is anybody even awake out there? Somebody, can I get a heck yeah or an amen or shut up preacher? I don't really care. Just give me something, you know. At least let me know you're still awake. I know. I'll scream. I'll shout. I'll, I'll do some Beyonce dances, whatever to keep you awake, okay. 
Oh, they'll turn up the lights on you? See, now you can't even sleep. How do you like that? I got, I got people on my side. But money promises these things, doesn't it? It promises us happiness and it promises us security. But let me just tell you something. If you go to the doctor today and you get diagnosed with cancer and you have 30 days to live, you know what? You can have all the money in the world, but all of a sudden you're not very secure, are you? It's a false God that promises something that only God can provide. Same thing is true, you know, with happiness. You can be as happy as can be, but all of a sudden you find out that your child dies. It doesn't matter how much money you have, you are not going to be happy. Because it's a false idol. It's, it's telling you something. It's saying, hey, this is what comes from this, but it's something that is completely false. It's giving you a false idea of something that only God can provide. It promises us this, this false sense of security, a false sense of happiness. And, and, and so many times people fall in this trap. And in the life of Elijah, there were many people that were living these idolatrous lives where they were putting other things before the one true God. And they were worshiping and serving false idols. And if you met, missed last week, I just want to kind of give you some, some background so you understand Elijah and what he's going through. And so during the time of Elijah, there was, there was 19 different wicked rulers of of Israel during that time. And, and at this time that Elijah was coming along, they said, the Bible says that there was a guy named Ahab that was living who said, and they said he was the most wicked of all of the kings that had been around up to this point. And what was worse than that is that he had a wife and she was even worse than he was. And her name was Jezebel. And so during this time, there was all this wickedness that was happening throughout the land. And, and their idea was, is they were turning the people from the hearts of God to these false idols of Baal, who was, who was the God of the sun, you know, and, and, and Asherah, who was this other, it was kind of like Baal's wife. And they would promise, man, that if you worship us, your crops will grow. If you worship us, you'll promise prosper in life. And, and these false gods were providing, were giving a false sense of security to something that they could not give the people. And, and so God raises up Elijah who confronts this king who goes and says, you know what, there is only one God and this God, he is an amazing God. And he goes to uh, Ahab and he says, listen, you, because you guys have been doing all this, because you've been turning the people's hearts away from God towards these false gods, man, there's going to be a, a famine in the land. In fact, it's not going to rain in the land until I say it. And all of a sudden, when Elijah speaks that, it stops raining and panic kind of breaks out. And over the next months and years, I mean, famine happens all throughout the land. People are starving to death. You know, there is uh, an epidemic that is happening there amongst the people, and it's just kind of going crazy. And so Elijah, during this time, he goes into a period of hiding because that's what God calls him to, particularly because Ahab was like, man, I'm going to kill this dude if anybody sees this guy. Man, kill him on the spot. And so, so God takes Elijah to this place called Kareth Ravine, and we talked about last week that Kareth means to be cut down, and it's this place where he, he humbles Elijah, and he, he gets him to start relying on God, and, and, by the, and he takes him to this root, brook where God is supplying water in a, in a dry place. And, and so many times we find ourselves in dry places, and, and God says in those times, man, I will be your everything. I will be your provider. Man, I am faithful in those moments. And so ravens are feeding him meat for all you vegetarians out there, Blake, uh, and, and, and bread, and, uh, 
Sorry, I just, I just couldn't help it. Blake was the guy, just two weeks in a row, you know, vegans, I'm sorry, vegetarians, you're just going to have to read your Bible, it says they ate meat. So, uh, so anyways, he's feeding him meat and, and, and twice a day and bread, I mean, it's just awesome, supernatural catering service, I get some of that, man, God hooked me up. Um, and so that's happening, and all of a sudden, the brook dries up one day, and he's like, man, what's the deal? And, and God calls him to Zarephath, and he goes there, and he's, he's with this widow, and he says, man, this widow if you go there and you obey my commands and he goes there and she's about to die and, and he says man your oil's not going to run out and your flour's not going to run out and man she bakes him some biscuits and they were awesome and that bread just continues to flow every single day and so they don't, they don't die because of that and later on in the story her son passes away uh, because of some sort of sickness and Elijah raises him from the dead I mean just supernatural things that had never happened before are happening because Elijah is developing into this man that God wants him to become. He's learning how to trust God fully and completely with his life. And so, in the last week, we ended with the verse that, that God had sent him into this hiding point, and we're going to pick that up right now, uh, that part of the story in 1 Kings chapter 18. And, and it's three years into the drought. Can you imagine going through life, and, and for three years it doesn't rain? I mean, we get upset when it doesn't rain for a couple months. You know, we have no watering and all this stuff. It hasn't rained there in three years. And so, you can imagine what the people are like and what Ahab thinks of Elijah. And so we pick it up in 1 Kings chapter 18, verses 17 and 18. It says, when Ahab saw Elijah, he said to him, is that you, you troubler of Israel? Now, this is pretty interesting because the, the Hebrew word there, troubler, it, it basically means snake. And so Ahab is just like, hey, what's up, snake? You, you sold us out, man. You're a dirty dog. Why, is that you that came and put all this calamity upon us? Man, I can't stand you. It's about to go down. And so uh, all these people are dying and all this stuff's happening. And, and, and Elijah's like, man, I'm not going to take that from him. And, and so he goes on and he says, man, no, man, I have not made trouble for Israel, Elijah replied, but you and your family's father's family have. You've abandoned the Lord's command and you have allowed and you have followed Baal's. And basically what he's saying is he's saying, you know what? You're committing the sin of idolatry, man. You've turned the hearts. You're putting these false gods ahead of the one true God. And, and Elijah is confronting this very popular idea that there are many gods that are out there. He's confronting it head on. And, and, and I'll give you a couple words that I learned in seminary that I think are, are very important for us to understand in, in this story. And, and one of the words is, is monotheism. Anybody know what monotheism means? It means, it means one God. You, one God. There's only one God. And then there's another term that's called polytheism, and it means that there are many, many gods. And so, uh, he's basically confronting this culture there uh, of saying, you know what, the, I believe that there's only one true God, while you guys believe that there are many, many gods that are out there. And so, he's going in there and, and, and just confronting that. Now, today, we would say, you know what, we, most of us in here would say, you know what, I'm, I'm monotheistic, man. I'm, I'm totally that way. I believe that there's only only one true God out there. The problem is, is while we might have that belief system that there's only one true God out there, most of us are living lives in a polytheistic way saying, man, we believe that there's one true God, but we worship many gods in our lives. We have many things that have taken that number one spot, and so there are many things that are a lot more important to us than God is. And so, but we, and, but we would say, man, I don't worship other gods, but a lot of us do. And we don't really understand it because we don't see a, a God of Baal or Asherah, and we're like, I'm not worshiping that, but we worship a lot of other things. I mean, if we were really honest, we put a lot of other things 
ahead of God. A lot of people worship the false god of money. I mean, they just put money out there, and that's their, that's their god. I mean, for some people, it might be the false god of material possessions. Maybe it's your house or your car. Maybe it's those, that career that you have. Maybe it's, maybe it's something that you would not think of as very uh, worshipful, but maybe it's your kids. And you're, I know some of you guys would say, like, how can I worship my kids? Listen, when you elevate anything to the pl- only place that God has, when you put something else into that place where God is o- only can be, when you put them on that throne that only God can be, that's when you start to put something in that place of idolatry. And I know that this isn't like a very, you know, amen message, but a lot of us do that in our lives. And so the question I have for all of us are, are, are what are the false gods that you serve? What are the false gods that you serve? I know for me, I, I, as I was studying for this, I, I've looked throughout my life, and there's, there's times, and sometimes they're right now, sometimes they're later on in life, but there's been some areas that have totally been false gods in my life. And, you know, I'm, I'm called to ministry and I'm a pastor, but I've realized that a lot of times my career, while, while I might say I'm doing things for God and I love God and, you know, I'm studying His Word and I'm doing that for myself, but a lot of times it's for my profession. And a lot of times I've put that in the place of God and, and while I might be doing things for Him, I've replaced Him with what I do. For some, sometimes it's, it's I replace uh, God with my family. I think, man, you know, this is a season that my family just gets a lot more time than anything else. And so, man, I put my focus, I put my attention on my wife, I put my attention on those things that are happening, and all of a sudden, that is in the number one place. Those are my first thoughts, those are my last thoughts, those are the things that are going through my head all the time, and all of a sudden, they've supplanted God's supremacy in my life and become the number one thing. A, a, a lot of the time, I, I've replaced God with security. You know, I wanted this idea of that, man, I've got to put a nest egg away. I mean, I've got to build up a career. I've got to build up all these things. And all of a sudden, all of my focus has gone to that. And God gets pushed way, way back on the burner. And, and, and so, I'd like to ask you to be honest. What are some of the areas that you replace God in? What are some of the places that, that you've put a false God and elevated them and erected them in the place where only God should be in your life? And sure, we're monotheistic in our beliefs, but a lot of us in our practices are very polytheistic. And Elijah the prophet, man, he steps into this polytheistic culture, and he makes a very prophetic and a very strong statement. And if you're taking notes, um, I, I would just summarize it like this. I mean, this is basically what he says. He walks in with authority of God, and he says, man, people, it's time to quit wavering. It's time to quit wavering. Quit wavering between God's. Quit going back and forth, going from, flipping from this side to that side. It's time to stop wavering. And he's going to say, man, we're going to have a good old-fashioned showdown, and we're going, to, we're going to throw down and see what happens. And picking up in verse 19, he says, he says, King, now summon the people from all over Israel to meet on Mount Carmel, and bring the 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of Asherah who eat at Jezebel's table. Now, I don't know, when I read stories, I put myself in. And I think about this. There's 450 prophets of, of Baal and 400 prophets of Jezebel that, or of Asherah that eat at Jezebel's table. That has got to be one big freaking table. Anybody else ever think about that? I mean, that's like 850 folks at that table that are just that are just demon possessed. So, anyways, it's got to be an interesting meal. Verse 20. So Ahab sent word throughout all of Israel, and he assembled the prophets on Mount Carmel. And this is where Elijah, man, he just gets in people's faces, and I love it. And Elijah went before him, and he asked this piercing question. He says, how long will you waver between two opinions? He says, how long will you waver? And then he says this, if the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, 
follow him. But the people said nothing. And he said, how long will you guys do this, man? How long will you shift back and forth and back and forth? Man, if Baal is God, then follow that dude. If he's not, then follow somebody else. Man, make a decision. And if, if, if Elijah were here, I believe he would say to us, quit wavering. Quit wavering back and forth in what you believe because, you know, a lot of us are like, man, yeah, man, I believe in God and, and I, I love God and I don't really want to go to hell, so I believe in him. But I want to continue to live the life that I've always lived and nothing be different. And then other of us are like, man, God, I want all of your blessings, man. I want all those things. I trust all that. But I, I don't want to do any of the premises that go with it. And we're always flip-flopping back and forth or, man, God, I, I want all of your good things, man. I want all those good things, but I don't want to stop any of my bad things. Or I want to live like, like Jesus on Sunday, but I'm going to live like the devil on Monday. Come on, some of y'all. You know. Quit claiming Christ and living like you don't know him the rest of the time. God would say, man, quit wavering. Quit wavering. Take a side. And I think if Elijah were here, man, he would, he would just walk up to us and he'd say, man, if your false God that is a little G, man, is really your God, then go ahead and dive all into that, man. If your false God, if, if you really believe that, if you believe that material, if material possessions are your false God, then dive all into that. I mean, don't have a spending plan. Just go into freaking debt. Go get every single thing that you can. Go into debt. Get as much stuff as you can. In fact, if you've got to, go steal some stuff because it's all about whatever your God is, and if material possessions are it, you can, you can go ahead and justify anything because that's the end all goal is for me to have stuff so you can steal stuff. Man, go get it all. Don't worry about it because that is your God. For some of you, maybe, maybe I don't know, maybe for you it's your image, and, and so, man, if that's your God, man, go to the gym, man, start working out 17 times a day, and, and, and run for seven hours, and then go get some Botox and some plastic surgery and, and $5,000 boob jobs or whatever. Man, just go all in. Just go for it. I mean, don't be, it's okay to be vain because that's what it's all about. It's about your image. Man, if you need to go buy some new clothes to make you look better, do it. Just go all in. Go for it 100%. Man, if it's sexual pleasure, man, go for it. Dive all in. If you're married, man, that sucks for you. But you know what? You can play both sides. Just go for it. If you're not married, man, there's options. Go home. Look at porn all day. If you're going to do it, just go do it. Choose your side. Stop wavering. But if you're going to serve God and you're going to say that he is the one and only true God, then do it with all of your freaking heart. Don't stop going Thank over here because this feels good, but you got to stick to what you believe in. Don't be leaving like you have all these other gods. Start living like he is the one and only true God. Pick your side. Stop wavering today. Man, and I can feel the power of Elijah just, just kind of looking down and, and, and saying to me, man, TJ, quit wavering. And then I can see him looking down on the church today and saying, you know what, church? Man, stop playing games. Quit wavering. 
pick a side, pick a place to go. And so he has this showdown, and he gets, he gets a couple of bowls, and he says, listen, this is how it's going to go down. I'm going to give you a bowl, and you're going to call to your God, and, and I'm going to have a bowl, and I'm going to call to my God, and whatever God sends down fire is going to win. And they're like, man, that's an awesome deal because, you know, our God is Baal, and he's kind of the sun God, and, you know, sun has fire, and so, you know, this is kind of a distinct advantage for us. You know, that's what they were all thinking. And, and Elijah's like, man, I'm going to let you all go first. And so, verse 24, uh, this is what happens. He says, you call on the name of your God, and I will call on the name of the Lord. And the one who answers by fire, he is God. And then all the people said, what you say is good. Man, and I can just imagine, man, they were just grinning. They were just jacked up. They were just so excited because they're like, we've got them. We've got them. And it continues on. Um, Verse 26, and so they took the bull, and they prepared it, and these are the prophets, and they, and they prepared it, and then they called on the name of Baal from morning till noon. And, they, and it says they were dancing around, and they were going, oh, Baal, answer us. Oh, Baal, answer us. They shouted, and the Bible says there was no response, no one answered, and they danced around the altar that they had made. Now, I did a little bit of research on this dance, and so I just want to show it to you real quick. And I'm, just, I'm, just quitting. I'm just kidding. You don't want to see that. <laughs> it's probably something like this, or, you know, I don't know. I don't, I don't really know what it was. Um, <laughs> it probably was not the Beyonce. I'll, I'll just tell you that, you know, if you don't know what the Beyonce is, you know. Oh, sorry, my wife told me I couldn't do it. So. <laughs> but, I mean, they, they went crazy, you know. It, it, it's, you know, I'm sure they were jumping and they were shaking and they were doing all kinds of craziness, you know, and, and we don't really worship it today like, the, like they probably worshiped at that point. You know, the, the greatest example I can probably give of that is, you know, the, you know, extreme home makeover when they say, move that bus and they're like, oh my God, you know, they go all that crazy stuff, you know, and the lady's like fainting and the guy's like jumping up and down and high-fiving people he doesn't even like because he's so excited. Or, or maybe it's like, you know, going to a football game and, you know, the dude that's like 400 pounds that's never played football in his life, never even thought about exercising is there on the front row, shirt off, painted blue and orange for his Denver Broncos and, and jumping up and down and cheering. And I'm right next to him, you know, and we're high-fiving, except I got my shirt on because I'm, I'm modest. And, uh, and so, you know, and you just go crazy in a sport event, right? Because we're just, we're cheering for our team. We're, we're exalting them and going crazy and we're giving high-fives and we're slapping people's butts. Definitely full-handed, not cup because that's just wrong. So, you know, you just got to do those things and, you know, you just enjoy that and you just have a good, good time, and they were, they, were, they were worshiping, and they were saying, man, Baal, send fire, man, send it down. And, and I love what happens is, is, is they're doing all this. They're going crazy trying to get Baal to send some fire on this, on this cow that's sitting there, and, um, and Elijah starts jacking with them. And, and I just thought that this was so cool because this just justifies so much of what I do. And um, so he starts messing with them. He starts messing with them, and here's what he does in verse 27. At noon, Elijah began to taunt them. Why don't you shout louder? I don't think he can hear you. I mean, okay, sure he's God, but perhaps he's in deep thought or he's busy or he's traveling. Maybe he's sleeping and needs someone to go wake him up. I don't know about you, but if, if I'm like going crazy, you know, for my favorite team and somebody starts jacking with my team, I get a little upset. And so Elijah, he's like, man, what's going on? Where, where's your God at? Is he asleep or something? Maybe he's taking a little bit of a siesta right now and, and you need to wake him up. Or, or this is even better because if you go back and you study the Hebrew, he says when, when he says, maybe you're busy, what he's saying to them is he's saying, hey, maybe Baal is on the bathroom. 
Maybe he's, he's going to the bathroom right now, and maybe he's got his newspaper out, and so he's busy. You know what I'm saying? He's busy. And so Elijah's like, man, maybe your God is on the restroom, and so you, you, know, you better shout a little bit louder. He just can't get to you right now. And so he's just giving them all this junk. And so all this stuff is going on. And, and so the, if you read on in verse 28 through 35, it, it, they shouted louder, and they danced around, and they started cutting themselves. I don't know why they did that, but they just did that. And uh, and scripture says, man, they shouted all day long. Can you imagine that? These people believing that this, this false God can do something that only God provides. Man, they're going crazy and they're shouting for it. But the sad thing is, is though many of us don't dance to our false gods and don't shout like that all day long. Many of us do it all lifetime. All of our lifetime, man, we're doing that. We're dancing, we're praising, we're pursuing, we're serving, we're worshiping false gods that promise but never deliver over our lifetime. We're saying, man, I trust in this, and I'm going to give it my all in all, but it never, ever delivers. And so at the end of the day, man, they danced, and they cut themselves, and they did all this stuff, and nothing happened, and Elijah does this in verse 36. He says, at that time, the sacrifices, the prophet Elijah stepped forward, and he prayed. He prayed. He didn't dance. He didn't shout. He didn't cut himself. He didn't do everything to get at God's attention. He just said a prayer, and he prayed this, and this is so powerful. He said, O Lord, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known today that you are God in Israel, and that I am your servant, and I have done all these things at your command. Answer me, O Lord. Answer me so that these people will know, O Lord, that you are God, and that you are turning their hearts back again. I don't know about you, but can you see the power in those statements? He says, man, answer me, God. Reveal yourself. Show us who you are, God. Man, reveal yourself in this place, man. Make sure that that we can understand. Let us know the heat of your love because there's so many people there that used to once worship you but have turned their backs. And man, God, more than anything else, I want them to turn their hearts back to you. I want them to turn their hearts back to you and recognize that, man, they can, they can try to believe that all these things are going to provide what only God can provide. But God, show them today what you can only provide. And I would say to some of you guys that are out there today, man, you've been, you've been running away and you've been trying to find security. You've been trying to find pleasure. You've been trying to find all these things in things that does not provide it. And God has been tugging at your heart, and God has been doing things. And a lot of you guys, maybe that's the reason you're here today is because God has been drawing you in because he wants to show you what only he can do. What only he wants to do in your life. He's saying, man, turn your hearts back to him. Turn your hearts back. Now, now I think about this story and I'm like, man, God, give fire to come down. I don't know if you've noticed this or not, or uh, maybe you didn't play with fire enough as a kid, but fire is pretty dang hot. Anybody else out there play with fire as a kid? Anybody still play with fire? I do. Every time I see a candle at a restaurant, like I'm putting my hand over it. I just can't help myself. It's like, it's like that, that, that bug in the bug's life that flies towards the, the lantern, you know, like, it's just so beautiful. I just can't help myself. You know, I'm just like right there. But as a kid, man, I love fire. Uh, and my parents would always tell me, don't set the house on fire. I'm like, I'm not, I'm just, I'm just building stuff, you know, and burning it. And so um, I, I remember this one time, you know, I, I loved matches. My parents owned bars. And so they could, they would keep lighters away from me, but I could grab matches from our bars. And so I would have all these matches all the time and I would go in the bathroom and I would like burn, you know, newspapers or whatever. And, uh, I don't know why I just like fire, you know, it's Beavis and Butthead fire, 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 you know, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> so many cultural references today. Um, uh, <laughs> 
And so I remember this one time I was in there and I was, I was, I was, I was burning some newspaper. I'm, I mean, I'm like five years old, six years old. Um, and, and I accidentally, it was getting too close to my hand and I tried to throw it in the trash can. Well, it, it didn't land in the trash can. It landed on the toilet paper roll. Now, I don't know if you've ever set a toilet paper on roll on fire or not, but it goes up pretty fast and it's usually hooked to your, like your counter. And, uh, <laughs> And so all of a sudden our bathroom is on fire and I'm freaking out, you know, I'm trying to put it out with my hands. And, and so, you know, I learned at a young age that, that fire is pretty hot with my third degree burns on my hands. And so, um, you know, don't, don't do that. So, uh, it singed all the hair off my hands and all my arms. And my parents were like, what did you do? And I'm like, I would nothing, uh, you know, you try to play it off. <laughs> it didn't work. I don't really know what the point of that story was, but, uh, so basically, he's like, man, whoever God is, reveal yourself by, fr- by fire. And he prays in verse 38. Watch what happens. He prays and he says, and then the fire of, from the Lord. It says the fire from the Lord, man, it whoosh, it just comes down. And it says it burned up the sacrifices and the wood and the stones and the soil. And it licked up all the water around the false prophets had poured on it. It licked up all the water. And when the people saw this, they fell prostrate and cried, the Lord is God. The Lord, he is God. And that would be my prayer for our church, is that we would, we would so see him for who he is and all the false gods that are out there. We would, we would recognize that, man, that they, they provide things. They try to provide things that only God can come through on. And when we start to compare those with the one true God, our hearts would be turned back to him. And we'd say, you know what? This is the one true God. He is supreme, and I'm going to serve him with everything that I have, and I'm going to make him number one in my life. Now, I'll be honest. The first time I read this story, I thought to myself, you know, well, of course I'd believe in God if he just sent a a fireball down here right now. I mean, who who wouldn't believe that, right? I mean, if God just just lit up the seat next to Ivan down here, and it just just all of a sudden was just a burning uh, pillar of a seat— We'd all probably get around this chair and start worshiping it. I mean, I would. I'd be freaking out. I wouldn't know what to do. Uh, Actually, I might play with the fire. I don't know. Um, But And I think to myself, man, why God, why don't you just do that now? Why don't you just make it so obvious to everybody in that way? And and as I thought about that, God just spoke to me. He's like, man, I, I can't make it any more obvious than me coming down to earth as a man. And living a sinless life. And serving and loving people unconditionally. And dying on the cross. And then getting back up three days later. So that you could have life and have it more abundantly. I don't know any other greater way to show you who I am than that. And this is what I know is that. When you know God. Not just through ideas, not just through some information, but when you know him personally through Christ, it changes everything. You don't need fire from heaven. You just need a relationship with the Savior to know that he is supreme and that he is number one. And that more than anything, he just wants to know you and he wants to be first in your life. And more than anything today, I believe that God would challenge us and say, you know what? If you're going to pick a side, just go ahead and pick it. You can pick that side over there. And it's going to promise a lot of things that it can't deliver on. Or you can pick this side, the side that every promise is delivered on. 
And you can, you can go through life and you can, you can make me the center of your life. And your life will never be the same. Let's pray today. Thank you for listening to a Coastal Community Church podcast. For more information about Coastal Community Church, please visit www.coastalcommunity.tv. Dot TV.